Hey gang, uh, Tom here again from Adventure Fit Radio. Um, this was cool. Today, this was really cool. We spoke to Justin Kotler, who's a grid league coach, and he also owns a box um, in just outside the city of New York called uh, CrossFit Dynamics. Um, really cool guy. I learned tons of stuff um, that I actually had no idea about him. There's a little part in the show where we ask him about some of the other stuff that he does, besides from CrossFit and being a grid league coach and, and all this sort of stuff he did through college. And he actually, he actually sang myself and Bill Attune, and he's a fantastic singer. I got, I got uh, relatively weak at the knees there, and uh, I, um, I, look, can I be honest? I've, I've got a man crush. I've got a man crush. Uh, it, was, uh, it was Justin Collar. So, mate, um, when you listen to the show, Tommy, he's into you. No, 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 no. So, guys, let's, um, let's have a quick shout-out to the sponsors. Audible, we, uh, they have a uh, jump on Audible, sorry, just on my wording there, jump onto Audible. They are running a uh, free month trial. Um, I jumped onto Audible and I downloaded um, A Brief History in Time by another other than old mate, uh, Stephen Hawking. And uh, I'm really, I'm actually still reading that one, but um, I'm still really loving it. So jump onto that one. Um, yes. So Bill's just reminding me, audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio. That is us guys. And that's where you can get your free one month trial. It's the best way to do it. We, uh, we're still looking for, for some more sponsors, guys, to fill the gaps of Loxam Solutions and No Days Off SUPS. They really helped us out. Thank you very much, guys, for that. So we'll give them a, uh, a free plug on the show. Uh, Loxam Solutions is a boutique consulting and business support company focused on business consulting and commercial services. Key to their success has been through the application of a pragmatic approach combined with entrepreneurial spirit to achieve our clients' outcomes. Guys, they can be found at loxamsolutions.com. Also, two no days off subs. Macca absolutely froths no days off subs. He uh, he doesn't stop speaking about him. When I first met him, I actually thought his name was NDO. Um, only found out recently that his his actual name is McGregor, which is even funny. <laughs> oh, sorry, it, it is even funnier. Um, no days off supplements, guys. It's a newly formed company that aspires to build a trusted brand by having honesty, integrity, and loyalty at the cornerstones of their relationships with all their stakeholders. Guys, uh, drop ADVF Radio. Um, that uh, that'll get you ten percent. Excuse me, ten percent off there at NDO Sups. Uh, without further ado, let me bring to you guys Justin Kotler. This is a really shorter, shorter uh, a pod that um, that we normally do, but straight to the point. Really interesting stuff. I hope you guys enjoy. It. Bye. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one. No touching of the hair or face. And that's it! Yo! Discovery Roger, go for deploy. Where did we come from? Are we alone in the universe? What is the future of the human race? Come with me if you want to live. Some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, too rare to die. Okay, guys, uh, we are sitting here with Justin Kotler. Justin is uh, 
head coach of the DC Brawlers in the Grid League in America, a new sport that's been spawned from the functional fitness community. I'm sitting here with Tommy on my left. Mac is out on uh, on this particular podcast. He's unavailable. So i uh, just like to welcome Justin Kotler. Justin, hey, thanks for coming on the hey show. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Anytime. It's good to have you. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Justin? You're a pretty high-level coach in um, the functional fitness realm, CrossFit and the Grid League. Um, why don't you tell us about your, your coaching history and a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, most recently, obviously, uh, you know, with Grid and, and the DC Brawlers, uh, and then uh, I've, I own CrossFit Dynamics, which is here in Astoria, New York, yep. just outside of the city. Mm-hmm. And I've had uh, a few games teams, um, 2013 and 14, we finished fifth and 16th. And this year we finished fifth in the world in the open and currently first in the Northeast. Wow. And uh, been lucky enough to coach a lot of individual athletes uh, at the games and regionals level. Um, you know, and I've uh, been very lucky to coach some Aussies. So uh, I've got, uh, you know, Com Porter and yep. um, Amy, Amy Drake up and, uh, did some programming for for Jess Coglin, but more grid stuff than CrossFit. Okay, uh, and um, so yeah, I mean, I've been I've been CrossFitting for gosh, it's been nine years now. Mm. Uh, and uh, of course, before that, I was a full time musician, which is interesting. Right, uh, what did so, you play? Actually, I was a recording artist. I'm a soul singer, man. Soul so, singer? Yeah. I saw, yeah. When you said that to yeah. me, I was like, all right, this is awesome. This is cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, it seems like a different life, but uh, can you yeah. Sing, can you sing us a tune? <laughs> I'll do the harmony. Uh, yeah. If you guys want me to. Love to. Us. Absolutely love to. Yeah. Um, right now? You want me to <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. That'd be for awesome. <laughs> give, us a, give us a lyric. Uh, I'll give you something here. Sure. Um, Girl, I know this might seem strange, but let me know if I'm out of order for stepping into you this way. See, I've been watching you for a while. Ooh. I just gotta let you know that I'm really feeling your style. Oh, oh yeah. So, uh, so Sensational. That was nice. So was the moral awesome. of that story was... Um, you are voyeuristically following around a woman that you're you're into, or <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that was that was that was I wasn't one of mine. That was um, that was a music soul child tune, but no, that's uh, good. That's yeah, good. that 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 style. Um, and and did a lot of uh, you know, had some had some had some out had an album out. Actually, I have an album on Spotify. Um, right. Oh and, wow. And then I was on the charts. I performed on Letterman. I really around the. Oh yeah, it did I, it was a serious thing. I, mean, I was signed to a management company label, the whole nine, and, wow. and honestly, the whole it kind of kind of bridges well into the CrossFit story because I um, you know, I was I was full time musician and and right out of college, I was uh, I played college sports as well. I was a college basketball player. I also was captain of the golf team at the University of Pennsylvania in in, in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But I knew at that point I was going to become a, a singer. And when I got out of school, I played in bands in Philadelphia. And it was kind of, at that time, I'm, I'm old, boys. So <laughs> 24. <laughs> yeah, 24, exactly. Um, so, you know, when I graduated college, uh, late 90s, um, it was the, in the United States, especially it was a neo-soul movement. So 
like I don't know if you guys are familiar, but D'Angelo, Maxwell, Erica Badu, yeah. Gil Scott. And I was in Philadelphia singing with all those people. And I also oh, went yeah. to college with John Legend, who is actually oh. John, John Stevens, and sang, wrote songs, did a bunch of stuff with him. So wow, that was, right. you know, when I got out of school, that was kind of the plan. I was just going to be a, a musician and, you know, um, and, and to be honest, it was, a, it was awesome, but such a roller coaster ride. And one of those things where, you know, I would, you'd see a lot of progress and get a deal and be on a big tour. And then all of a sudden the, the label I was signed to, they, you know, would go bankrupt and then this thing would happen and that thing would happen. And I just got so fed up with the industry. Mm. Uh, and then I got to the point in 2007 where I just was like, what am I going to do with my life? And I'm, you know, but I was always huge into fitness and huge into sports, incredibly competitive. Yep. And I found CrossFit and CrossFit became my new stage. And, yes. you know, so really became a way, you know, music, what I love so much about it was being able to, you know, uh, change people's lives through music and, and, and affect people in that, in that way. And, and now I get to do it through CrossFit and functional fitness and, grid so mm. really and truly it's it's been uh it's been a cool two separate lives i've been able to lead you know it's um, good it's um it really sounds like you've um there's a really good balance there so you, do you still do you still um are you still prominent in the in the music area do you see some stuff at home or yeah so i um you know my original stuff the last album i did was in st louis like 2009 um and then you know, I started to get really into coaching, and when I started getting into coaching, it was really tough to 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 write and do a lot of my own stuff. But I was still doing a lot of gigs with a big event band, um, really cool stuff. Like, you know, we we flew, we did the Red Cross Gala Ball in in Monte Carlo for the you know Prince of Monaco. We did Trump's <laughs> wedding. Did, you know, Trump's all wedding. Really, oh yeah, did Trump's wedding. Did the CEO right. of Reebok's 50th anniversary Whoa. party open? Open for Diana Ross. What open was it for like? Um, what was it like traveling out. to Monte Carlo? What was that? That must have been a pretty awesome experience. Yeah, it was pretty sick. We had a gig at the Sporting Club. I don't know if you guys have ever seen pictures of that place, but mm. so it's this incredible venue. You're inside the ceiling. They they created you know basically looks like you're under a bunch of stars, and then the back of the venue, the doors open like literally. You know, it's it's like sliding doors and they open up to give you this panoramic view of um you know of the water and the and the city wow. and yeah dude it was sick i mean it was yeah. it was um, so you know that was and that was that that gig we opened for joe cocker and it was one of the last gigs he did before he died wow so that was sick. yeah um did he uh so, did he leave his hat on yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I, I he wasn't wearing a hat. From what I <laughs> he never had it on. <laughs> no, yeah, he didn't even have a hat on. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, that's sick. So, so, so what was your proudest moment in your music career then? Tell us the story. Is that, was that maybe maybe that trip to Monte Carlo or opening with Diana Ross or opening for Diana, uh, Diana Ross or where, well, what was what was the pinnacle of that section of your life? That's, I think the, I think the, the coolest, honestly, I think the, the most fun I ever had making music, uh, was right when I got out of college, I played with this band in Philadelphia. Um, and you know, you're just a dumb punk kid basically who just thinks that, you know, you're going to be the biggest thing in music and you know, you're gigging four or five nights a week. Mm. You don't have a pot, you don't have a pot to piss in, but all you care about is making music and just how organic it was. I, I never loved music more when I knew nothing about the music industry. Yeah. So, 
you when know, it was just that, about the music rather than trying yeah, to trying to worry about making a living and all the other yeah. bullshit that goes with it. Absolutely. And it was, and truthfully, the band was so good. I mean, everybody was amazing. It's just, it's like, you know, you, you always, hindsight's twenty twenty, and, and if you knew then what you know now, I mean, we were all, the band was so good. It, it could have been something really special, but we were five egomaniacs that wanted to do our own thing. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, after two years, you know, we, we broke up, but it really was the most fun that I ever had as an, as a, as a uh, solo artist, I would say, you know, the coolest thing that I, you know, I, I had a, I had an album, the EP actually that's, that's on, um, Spotify and it was on iTunes. Uh, I think I was on the top 10 in the charts in like three or four countries in Europe, which is pretty wow. cool. That is really uh, cool. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty awesome. Tommy's um, a, so, Tommy's a, Tommy fancies himself. So normally, um, some of our shows, uh, most of our shows, we start with a with a little rendition on the guitar from Tommy. He sings a tribute to the guest. I do <laughs> because uh, because we kind of tied this up. We've been trying to get you on the show for a long time. We kind of yeah. tied this up late, so we didn't have the uh, didn't have the tribute for today. But Tommy's legit like wants to make a career out of the music industry. What advice would you give to the bloke sitting to me uh, on my left? He's got a face. He's got a face for radio, hence the podcast. So it's going to have to be. It's going to have to be all on Skype, no live. Uh, yeah. Not Skype. It's going to have to be all on Spotify, no live touring. But um, what advice would you give? Would you give Tommy on uh, to start? You know, making ways. Well, I I think that this is the best that I, advice I can give you. Sure. If if you think that there's anything else that you can do in the world that makes you happy, then then you should do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Honestly. clearly I've got to get a better face. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you uh, you know I, the truth of the matter is I knew I was put on earth to sing. Yes. So you know for me there was really there was no other choice at that point. Uh, and and it's amazing. I never thought that I would find something. I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, music. I don't, I'll never feel any any way about anything the way I feel about music, but, mm. but CrossFit is close and I never, mm. or, you know, functional fitness CrossFit. I never thought that I would find something that I was even close to as passionate about. Mm. Um, so, but, but aside from that, man, I mean, it's a different world right now than when I first started. When I first started, there was no internet. Yeah. Um, you know, there were still record labels. There were still, you know, it, it's different now. You can put an album, put out an album yourself and, and, do relatively well, you know, as long as you you've got some chops. So um, there you go. There's it, step number one: get some chops. Get get some chops. I need some chops. Some skills. It's good to not suck. Yeah, yes. it's good to not for sure. So that's the first step, you know. Um, and uh, other than that, man, uh, I I had a drummer who was a, you know fantastic drummer, a guy who uh, played with with everybody here in New York and, and he was on my tour with me and, and he was in my band for a while. And one of the things that he said to me when I was first starting out was, you know, you, you just can't give up. Mm. You know, it, it, when you give up, you, you, you don't have a chance anymore. Right. Yeah, I mean, once sure. you give up, you don't have a chance. Mm. And, and this thing is so volatile. It's so much of a roller coaster ride. It's so much of, you know, you gotta be in the right place at the right time and know the right person that, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's about, you know, stick stick to itiveness and and you know being persistent uh so that that's the thing i can you know you just got to be annoyingly persistent yeah honest it's it's good advice similar yeah very uh very similar to i got some advice from a mentor i had with um with adventure fit and he told me basically what you just told tommy he told me to my best advice was to drop it and run for the hills he said it's (laughs) so it's probably very similar to the music industry as in you're not going to be successful. You're not, or you're not even going to have a chance unless you're 
unless it is your passion because um, you just wouldn't put through put in the hard yards otherwise, I suppose. Do you have something, yeah. on, Tommy? I think I cut you off there. Yeah, no, that's all right, mate. Um, yeah, Justin, before you, you mentioned that um, you were talking about um, music and CrossFit being sort of two separate things in your life, I, I really um, can relate to that. I sort of feel that um, music... Um, for me is, is uh, I mean, they're both big passions of mine, but um, music provides like a, a safe haven where I can just go and chill out and, you know, um, sing and play guitar and, you know, do things. And then CrossFit is the other side where it's like, it's a really good application for life where you can practice bettering yourself and, and all and all that sort of stuff. Is that the sort of same way you, you felt about the two? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I also, to, to be honest with you, for me, um, I have a... a I'm extremely competitive, but I also have a very obsessive personality, mm. um, an addictive personality. And I was, a, you know, beyond just loving music, I mean, I was addicted to it, you yeah. know, like it was a situation where I had to do it. I couldn't think of anything else. And I was so self-absorbed and really lived a completely different life at that time. Mm. And, and, you know, when I got into CrossFit, it's kind of the way it started for me. It was, it just became an obsession. Um, and it, and I think that happens with a lot of people with CrossFit. Uh, but, you know, it was a, it was interesting to me because I had never really been that way. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd been that way, obviously about basketball and golf, et cetera, but nothing to the extent where music took me and, and CrossFit, you know, really became something that was really close to that. And, and so what was awesome for me was it was, it was just, it was my escape from, from every day, you know, like that was kind of the way I felt about you know, the way you say music feels for you, you know, being a safe haven, uh, actually it was CrossFit that became the safe haven for me because music had become the thing that was weighing heavily on me, uh, just the industry in general. And the fact that I was able to escape and find CrossFit, it, it, it came at a, and an incredible time in my life because I think it was at a crossroads where I was becoming a very destructive and and bitter human being because I hadn't achieved everything that I had wanted to. And, you know, it, it came at a really good time. Yeah, yeah, that definitely makes sense. It sounds like it was starting to sort of take over you. So have you, you found that balance now between the between the two? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Without, um, you know, I think now that I've been able to be successful – in coaching especially and, and, and coaching at a high level um, and you know music now is something that I can love and it's it's become you know it's still a passion obviously but you know I can actually call music a hobby now which is interesting because I never thought I'd be able to do that but mm. you know it's it's definitely a huge part of my life but it is not the end-all be-all sure that's good that's good so let's take it back to um, to your coaching so would you call yourself um, a coach first, athlete second these days, or um, uh, yeah, <laughs> you seem to yeah. be um, you seem to be very uh, across everything with your with your coaching, with obviously the high level CrossFit team stuff with dynamics and um, and now the grid league. So um, let's uh, let's move into let's move into where the opportunity came about. So you've obviously done some high level coaching and then you were offered an opportunity to coach the DC brawlers in the grid league. Why don't you discuss how that all came about? First, actually just maybe just let the, the guy, uh, the listeners know what grid is because there's a lot of guys out there that probably aren't aware. Yeah. Grid. Uh, it is team racing, human performance racing, basically. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, five men, five women, five women on, a 
what what basically is a basketball court with a you know apparatus in the middle that that we call a rig that has pull up bars and and rings for muscle ups and ropes etc and you have to accomplish tasks as you move down the grid uh, which is separated into uh, you know we we have feet here so we we said yep. just to be difficult <laughs> yes i know just to be difficult that day. well yeah, we have we have feet as well they're, <laughs> yeah, they're not exactly, units of measurement exactly. time, right different, yeah, yeah. Um, we put so, shoes so, on them <laughs> exactly uh so separated in 20 feet increments and you have to achieve you know those and those increments are are broken into you know there's four quadrants and you have to accomplish something in each quadrant um, as you move down the grid and the team that finishes the race first wins. Yes. And it's incredibly fast, incredibly exciting, unbelievably strategic, and uh, really and truly nothing like anything else I've ever done coaching-wise because of how important you are as a coach. You really truthfully like uh, you know, here in America, very much like a, an NBA coach, an NFL coach, like a, a game, a game time hands on coach Absolutely. rather than a behind the scenes programming and recovery That's coach. So you correct. got you got to be there at, at the moment, at the head of the game. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And while I love CrossFit, uh, being a CrossFit coach is preparatory. You know, it's all yeah. you're in the box. You know, you're you're preparing. You're you're sending programming. You're making sure everything is cool. You have a strategy going in, but once your athlete is on the competition floor at regionals in the games, you become a spectator. Yes. And there's not much you can do except scream your ass off and they never hear you anyway. <laughs> so, you know, it, but in grid, I'm literally making in-game split decisions. It's a speed chess match. And mm. it suits my personality very well because if you can't tell, I'm, a, I'm an extremely intense human being. So it's, uh, it's cool for me because, you know, I, I love – the I just love how adrenaline packed it is, and you know I I also you know I love competing, and and I feel like I have a a direct you know effect on the outcome, uh, which is you know which is nice. So what what are some of those split decisions you're you're talking about? Yeah, so say we're listen, we know what the races are, right? We so the one thing about CrossFit's a little different. You prepare for the unknown and unknowable, and and grid we get the matches you know, whether it's months before or weeks before, et cetera. So you have time cool. to prepare, so you, you know, you have practice and you're going through the races and making sure that everyone knows what they're doing rep wise and, you know, when to sub, et cetera. But inevitably it breaks down, you know, inevitably, um, you can't match the intensity that, you know, in practice that you do it in, in a match, you know, with another team on the other side, you know, going light speed. So, Basically, when it starts to break down, I've got to be able to make a decision, a split decision, uh, to be able to get people in or out. Like, for instance, mm. uh, the final last year, and and you know, for people that watch Grid, we like to call it the Snatch Herd around the world, which was, you know, Christian Harris's uh, 270 pound snatch in the ladder in the final match against Phoenix, which basically iced the the match for us. Wow, um, and. Really and truly what ended up happening was we were losing the ladder and I knew it was going to come down to Christian, but we initially had Christian um, starting at the 90 pound bar, which would have meant he would have skipped the 60 and the 75 pound bar. Mm -hmm. Um, And if he would have, and, and what I did because I knew Taylor got through fast enough as I yelled back to my assistant coach at the start line and said, start Christian at the beginning. And 
with the 135 points, we ended up winning the the ladder. I mean, by 135 pounds. So if he hadn't have gone back those two bars, we would have ended up tying them, and we would have ended up losing the match because we won by one 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 point. Yeah. So. Right. Wow. Ultimately speaking, that split decision of me looking up the clock and knowing that he had that time, and really and truly, I'm not sure that you make that decision. You know, if you're a if you're a rookie coach and it's your first match, you you just the it's so fast when you're out there, and you know, professional athletes will tell you the more experience they get, the the game slows down, mm. right? You can really you can really start to see things and anticipate what's about to happen. And, uh, and that was a, that was a circumstance, Tommy, that, you know, that was like, um, there's an example of, of, of a split decision that was obviously a, a huge decision. Yes. Yes. Must be, um, must be really funny trying to, um, trying to learn on the fly as to what you need to be a good coach in grid. I mean, like you say, it's such breakneck speed. When you watch it, you kind of, eyes are darting everywhere and it's so much mayhem. It'd basically be like, um, going out and trying to coach an NBA basketball side in the in an NBA game with only two years of experience of what the game of basketball oh. is. So yeah. I think um, it must be really interesting on your end and um, I'm sure it's going to just evolve and evolve and evolve um, yeah. as it goes. Hey, so how does the training differ? So obviously you've got a lot, of, a lot of CrossFitters and a lot of specialists probably in your, in your teams. How does mm-hmm. the training differ and what is it, what's the mix between maintaining the strength Basically, the strength levels that these athletes have, where you're just, tr- but still, are you just trying to focus on speed and uh, and rep, um, yeah, and speed and reps. Yes, I, I, so it definitely does. You know, it's it's a big difference, and it's it's tough sometimes because we do have some really high level CrossFitters who spend the majority of the year. You know, the the CrossFit season is really long. You know, mm-hmm. um, so you're. You're prepping, you know, the majority of the year for the open, and then so just for to, just to, just to, so when is grid when is grid uh, season? Yeah, the grid season is going to be uh, three weeks after the games this year. Yep. Three weeks after the yeah. Uh, so it's a separate season, and you know what? What's nice is to because we have those specialists who can prepare for grid. You know, their training is obviously going to be different. You know, it's it's um. Like you said, it's really training for speed, you know, cycling and and uh, a lot of uh, short durational explosive stuff, you know, followed by very short intermittent rest uh, over and over and over. And and just building that sprint capacity is such a huge part of what we do. Yep. Like, you don't give a shit what your, you know, what your Murph time 5K is. time is. Yeah, I mean, I don't care what your Murph time is, right? It, really and truly, I don't care what your, you know, what your Helen time is. Mm. I don't care what your... You know, what I care about is Power. can you go there and in 30 seconds, can you just rip it? Yes. You know, can yes. you give me 30 uh, chest of bars unbroken and then the minute your cycle time slows down, you're out. Yeah. And then I get somebody else in there. So I just need people who can give me that. And that's why you see a, some, some of the best grid athletes who really, you know, they don't even finish in the top 200 in their region in the open. Because it's just, it's a different sport. It is completely, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, so that, that's the biggest difference. Um, but it's interesting for me because, you know, obviously I coach CrossFit Dyn- uh, Team Dynamics and we're one of the best teams in the world at CrossFit. But I also, everyone on my team plays grit. So it's a, 
you know, it's a very, it's, it's an interesting dichotomy because, you know, right, right now we're, we're CrossFit focused. Um, and then, you know, there's going to be a very quick turnaround trying to get some of these athletes back in grid mode. Um, you know, so it's not always the best thing to have great CrossFitters on your, on your grid squad because really and truly you, you have such an advantage if you don't have to train CrossFit. And you would imagine in the future, in the long term, it wouldn't be, me personally, I wouldn't think that it would be teams filled with CrossFitters. I know that they're already dropping off compared to the first years. It'd be more specialists throughout the whole team, really, you would imagine. Am I correct? Yeah, I, th- I think there will be a mix. You need some generalists. Yep. Uh, you know, you need people rounders. to be, yeah, just, just in like the triads um, and, and, you know, the echoes and stuff because you, they have to have a bit of capacity, you know, um, at a little bit longer stuff. But for the most part, we've definitely seen a change. And, and listen, the first year, there were a couple teams that just flat got it wrong, right? I mean, they mm. signed, they signed the, some of the top CrossFitters in the world and we, and we found out very quickly – some of the crossfitters, some of the top crossfitters in the world, were just flat out bad at grid. We talking, <laughs> they we're talking about the New York Rhinos here. Well, I'm not going to name any names. <laughs> well, that's Don't right. I, we I, want the hard questions. <laughs> I, think that's, I, uh, I think that's who we're well, talking about. <laughs> so Ian Berger, who's the GM of the Rhinos, uh, is on my is on my CrossFit Dynamics CrossFit team. Um, oh, he's right, on. So you got to watch Dynamics. what you're saying there. <laughs> yeah, so I, I got to be politically that's, correct. Yeah, that's, but right, Ian, that's fair enough. But listen, Ian will tell you uh, that the first year they, they went for the big names and, and it didn't work out. Um, and, you know, I was pretty lucky because I, I got the offer to, to be uh, coach of the Brawlers a, a month or two already into the combine process the first year. So I, I came in late. A lot of those big name CrossFitters had already been signed before even any of the combines or racing had started in the preseason. And when I started to watch it and see kind of, you know, what, what it entailed and, and what type of athlete you needed, I went a different route. And that's when I picked up, you know, Taylor Stallings and, and Lindsey uh, Maneri. Taylor was my, MVP my, in the first season. Yeah, there, right? Taylor was yeah. MVP the first year and Lindsey Maneri was uh, the bodyweight specialist of the year. And those mm-hmm. two were the best players on my team. And I knew that, one, you needed to have, uh, the, you know, if you wanted to win, you, you needed to have dominant females. Uh, and that if you wanted to win, you also needed to have people who weren't just good at CrossFit. They, they needed to be, you know, specialists in certain areas. You need people who could cycle the barbell incredibly quickly. You needed, uh, bodyweight athletes who could, you know, do high skill gymnastics, cycling incredibly quickly. You got any weightlifting specialists? Do you have, I saw Dimitri, we just spent some time with Dimitri Clockoff in, uh, in Bali on our adventure fit trip over there. And he was talking about his grid experiences said he loved it. So uh, he's yeah. obviously a world champion. Um, did yeah. you guys have any specific weightlifters that you brought in for the... I mean, Taylor, Taylor Stallings, is it the, the MVP who you were mentioning? She was a, she's a strength athlete first and foremost, but is she a weightlifter or do you have weightlifters? She was a world champion powerlifter. Uh, Taylor, I believe, held 12 world records in all different weight classes um, really? for, for powerlifting. Well, yeah, she was, she was, I mean, remarkable uh, uh, and we've got some really good weightlifters, but uh, in America, you know, I mean, listen, some of the best weightlifters in America are crossfitters, right? Mm, uh, for sure. And we've, Same in we've Australia got, as well. Yeah, so we've got those. Um, Alyssa Ritchie um, is a you know, very accomplished lifter in the United States, and, and you know, she's on our team. 
Um, we've got uh, Christian Harris, who's, who's a pretty accomplished lifter. Yep. Uh, we just signed Jeff Evans, who's incredibly strong. But we didn't go for a weightlifting specialist simply because what we saw last year was that the, you still need to have some conditioning capacity. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, you know, weightlifters, it's interesting. Like, you need a weightlifter who has either trained grid for a while um, or has done a little bit of CrossFit just so that they, you know that they have some lungs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also know, some of the um, movements as well, I'd imagine. Just when you were saying that there are athletes that are really starting to specialize in certain areas, do those athletes still need to have a base capacity in, on the rings, for example, or, or on the pull-up bar and things like that? Yeah, so if you take somebody who's literally straight out of, um, out of college, you know, who went to college for, for gymnastics or someone who um, competed at a really high level gymnastics-wise, if they haven't done this, if they haven't done grid, if they, you know, it's almost like they're, they're too perfect, right? It's yep. everything is perfect. It's not sloppy enough. It's not fast enough. You got to have a little, got to be a little dirty, you know, you, you got to be able to throw that in. And so our guy, you know, that we have who are gymna- who's our gymnastic specialist, you know, who's a very high level gymnast. However, he's also an excellent CrossFitter. He's a guy that I coach in CrossFit. He finished fourth in the Southeast region, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and he's, it, at Ryan Elrod, if, if, for those who know Grid, obviously he was the bodyweight specialist of the year Ryan last year. Ryan Elrod, yeah, that's a sick mm-hmm. last. Name. That's a cool name, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, yeah. When you think Elrod. about the last names we have, <laughs> yeah, <and then> that <laughs> name. Oh man, Ryan Elrod. Elrod. He's, he's a Cirque du Soleil performer. Oh, um, he must get all the girls. Cool. <laughs> well, he's married with a child, oh, so. so he gets one girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah so one girl, exactly. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I, I, absolutely. You, you need to – I feel like you, you kind of have to immerse yourself a little bit um, in you know, CrossFit or grid training. Uh, that's why I, I feel like there's a lot of lifters. Mm. You know, we got a lot of interest this year from really high-level lifters in the United States. And you know, we didn't go for any of them, and, and we told them, listen, you know, obviously you have the strength and you have, um, I think, the potential, but you need a year mm. to really – you know, get used to the speed and, and to understand that you, you can't just take 10 seconds to set up over a bar and then lift it. It's got to be, you know, you got to yeah, go. Absolutely. And, and last year we saw with Klokov, the guy is, I mean, he was the strongest guy in the league by far. He was also one of the slowest guys in the league, yeah, you know? So, yep. um, so how, you know, how, just, how did he go for, for, for listeners um, of this pod? How, how did Klokov go in the grid? Yeah, I mean, he wasn't good. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I love it. That's interesting, you know, isn't a, it? He's a sweetheart of a guy. Yes, um, but he was. But he sucks. <laughs> he was detrimental to, to his team. Yeah. without question. Yeah. you know, there were times where I mean, if you were playing him, you want a cloak off to be in. Mm. You know, you you knew for a fact that he was going to be slower um, because the weights. Listen, they're heavy, um, and they're heavy enough where he still would get fatigued. With you know five six reps. Yep, he's probably um, uh, he's and, probably the he's probably the fastest um, one eighty three centimeters hundred and fifteen kilogram man on the planet, which probably doesn't right. probably doesn't help. Mm. Uh, probably doesn't no. probably doesn't say much considering he just he's just probably too big. Just, he's, he's, he's such he's, a monster. He's, yeah, he's a but legit the, monster. You no, know, he's a monster. The guy's unbelievable. He looks like a superhero. Mm. But you know, but on the grid, 
he he just he wasn't fast. Mm. You know, he just wasn't fast enough. And I think he knew that. I think he was having fun. Yeah, you know, of I think course, for sure. That's probably probably really good for the Baltimore anthem or whoever whoever he was that he played for that. They just had him on the on the uh, on the team because it's going to spread a whole heap of exposure to the team, um, right. to the grid league, uh, as well. So it's probably something that helped um, helped not only his team but the yeah helped everything. Um, obviously, in this young stage of the sport, you want as many eyes on you as you can. Um, hey, I think um, if we go to I think uh, Justin, we might we might jump into some um, good, the bad, and the science. I think this is a good spot to uh, break it up a little bit, and then we'll dive a little bit more into into uh, grid. That's the most interesting thing for me. So, but let's, um, you ready for some, uh, you ready to learn? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Hey, uh, Justin, are you a fan of the UFC? Uh, I know a few of the people, but I'm not a huge fan of the UFC. Uh, uh, cool, cool. <laughs> All right, well, we'll skip the whole thing. Bill, you want to have some? <laughs> I'm joking. Um, so, mate, the good about the science, um, literally three little, um, little sort of sub-segments in this where we talk about some stuff that's happened in the media and the good and the bad, and then we can flick it over to something um, bizarre in the science. The first thing I wanted to touch on is... Uh, now, do you, do you know... Are you aware of Conor McGregor? I am aware, and I, I heard he retired. Well, how's that? So, this, I was, last night I was having a look through it, um, through um, some of the articles, and apparently he hasn't uh, retired. Um, okay. So... McGregor, this is from the article, McGregor specified that he is not in fact retired and that he is ready and willing to still fight in the UFC. Um, but he says that he, uh, he uh, released that statement um, because he was having copying a lot of crap from, uh, from, um, from the media and all this sort of stuff. And he, he, uh, he went on to say, now, where's that? I definitely have lost the place that I was going to raid from here. <laughs> Moving on. This is, uh, this <laughs> no. is Tommy's, Tommy's first go at this, Justin. First, first go, yeah. <laughs> Bearing in mind that I've done this 15 times, but it's clearly my first go. Um, first and last. Yeah, he, he didn't want first and last. Yeah, he didn't want to fight in UFC 200 um, against uh, Big big Nate. But uh, my question was, Bill and I are massive fans of, um, of Conor McGregor. Are you are you a relative fan at all, Justin? Or? Is that your question? I, no, 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 no. That's not the, that's not the question. <laughs> are you a question? fan? <laughs> What's your question, mate? The question is, how would you guys feel, or how do you think the population as a whole... Um, would feel if he actually had retired um, just after losing a fight that he maybe shouldn't have lost. This question for me? Yes. Uh, this is great. Uh, so I have never seen a Conor McGregor fight. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm honestly a, a huge boxing fan. I've, I, I have seen a few UFC matches, but I do watch a lot of sports center. So I have seen everything about Conor McGregor. Um, and personally, kind of the way that the whole thing sounds to me yep. was if he retired on that loss, I, I think obviously it's got, his legacy has to take a hit, right? Yes. I mean, wouldn't you say? For I mean, sure. my, my assumption would be you know, he needs to come back and, and try to redeem himself and see if he can you – know, I mean, he, he obviously went into that match with a lot of luster. And it, just like Rousey, she kind of – Came you know, crashing after down. that was over, yeah, it came crashing down. I mean, he's got to try to redeem himself, or else his legacy is going to be, you know, is is, is going to be ruined. So yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like without question, he's going to have to get back on the horse here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I tend to agree. I um, he came up with a good point. He there was a lot of kerfuffle about whether he was um, whether he retired or whether the UFC pulled him from the UFC 200 card, and they. Uh, Dana White, the president of the UFC, said that it was the fact that Connor refused to go to Las Vegas and fly over to do some filming of commercials for the show, and um, and Connor McGregor in his 
in his recent uh, post when he cleared up the fact that he wasn't retiring said that he offered to um, he offered for the UFC to keep the ten million dollars so that he didn't have to come over and do all the uh, interviews and so forth. And he said he just gave him thirty million dollars worth of exposure with one tweet because one hundred percent he's just the he's just the best at self promotion and marketing oh. that we've ever seen. Obviously with the what he talks, but he's also super smart. I mean, this was all a ploy. Uh, for right. Connor to get what he wants from the UFC to also gain more exposure, get people talking about him. Whether he fights on UFC 200 or not, I am not sure. But um, yeah, he's not going anywhere and uh, he's smarter than um, smarter than a lot of people give him credit for, I think. Mm, I think a lot of people really think he's just another another fighter that's just, you know, a massive talker will go in, hopefully win or not, and then, you know, rip the rewards of getting money and all that sort of stuff. But there's definitely more um, behind it. Um the uh, the bad now this is this is really I actually only found out about this about four hours ago that Prince died. Did you hear about that, Justin? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been watching. Uh, it's a rough, rough day for me. Obviously, one one of my um, absolutely one of my heroes. Yeah. Uh, Bowie, my Bowie and Prince in the last two two or three months. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty terrible. Um, but I I you know so I recently married and and my my wife who grew up in Wisconsin. I'm not sure if you guys know Wisconsin. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the Midwest. Now, listen, Prince is from Minnesota, which is interesting because there's you know not a lot of black people in Minnesota, sure. um, and not a lot of black people in Wisconsin, and, and not a lot of that st- style of music when she was growing up. So she didn't know a lot about Prince, and mm-hmm. you know, all day today, uh, I had was was showing her videos and and uh, interviews and different things. Um, you know, he's one of a generation. I mean, you you won't you just don't see artists like that anymore who can dance the way he danced and and play instruments and and write songs and sing i said you know basically the guy could dance like michael jackson he could you know he could play the guitar like eric clapton and he could Mm. uh sing and he could sing like stevie wonder i mean you have three you know you basically just have the best of everything wrapped in person and uh you know we'll never see another like him i mean there'll only be one prince and uh, to be honest i'm one of my, I, I would say now, obviously, one of my biggest regrets is I never got to see him live, ever. Um, yeah. Which I, yep. I've seen Stevie live, and I've seen some, who's also one of my heroes, I've seen some great artists, um, you know, but but I never got to see Prince, and uh, I've performed a lot of his songs, I've, sure. I've covered a lot of his songs. What, and, what's your favorite song by uh, by Prince? Oh, man. There's a few, it's a big uh, question, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a tough question. Yeah. Um, uh, pro- probably, I mean, I know a lot of his obscure stuff and, and the band I was in back in the day, we, we did a, a cover of his, uh, called new position, which okay. was a, a great song, but, uh, of the stuff that's more recognizable, little, little red Corvette, mm. um, it's probably my favorite. I love darling Nikki. Mm. It's a great song. That is a good song. Um, really good. you know, but, uh, want to be your lover. I mean, there's so many, I mean, there's, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's, what about, um, got, what about a good old, uh, you don't have to be. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I had to sing that song every single gig that I did oh, at yeah. the event. So, I, you know, eventually you get a little bit tired of it. Yeah. But yeah, it's so good. Well, I mean, it's so good. You sort of um, touched on the question I was going to ask, just a, just a, um, in a very short response. Um, how would you compare Michael Jackson to Prince in terms of sort of one of the, you know, the greatest of all time pop artists? Would you say one's yeah. better than the other or they're a bit different? I, they're on the same level, yeah. you know, yeah. um, they're two, again, there's, I mean, Michael Jackson, Prince, I, I, I wouldn't put a lot of people in that realm. I, I think, you know, 
off the top of my head, I mean, you know, you could you could probably put. I mean, in different you genres, though, in right? But would you t- the, would you toss Bowie uh, in the mix? Uh, I mean, I mean, probably for innovation. I don't know necessarily. I would put him there as far as you know the the music catalog is concerned or the talent yeah. per se. Yeah. Ooh, he's my, he's my number one. Well, you also well, like one direction, Bill. So <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's unbelievable though. And I yeah, loved him. Yeah. I thought it was incredible. But I mean, I, I, I would put, you know, I would put Michael Jackson I would put, you know, Stevie wonder. Yeah. I would put, you know, uh, definitely, um, Prince, uh, you know, that, that those, that's just a different, I mean, it's just a, uh, completely, there's no, there's just nobody like those no, guys. You no. know? It's amazing. Um, and I guess with the but, way the music's sort of evolving, we probably won't see that sort of stuff anytime soon, you know? No, I agree. I don't think you will. Mm. I, I don't think you will. Um, yeah, so anyway, cool. that really sucked today. Yeah, that was absolutely. Not good. I yeah. What do you got in the science, Tommy? What do you got? Well, I found this, uh, this bizarre article that I was reading, and uh, apparently um, neither a giant asteroid or a gradual die-out can take the blame for the demise in the dinosaur reign. So... Um, the, uh, are you a dinosaur? Are you interested in dinosaurs at all, Justin? <laughs> Huge. I love dinosaurs. Oh, good man. This is awesome. This is right up your alley. We can be friends. We can be friends now, yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love them. I was obsessed with them when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're fucking cool, aren't they? Dino Riders. <laughs> yeah. I used to have a TV show called Dino Riders. It was a cartoon yep. about um, humans that would um, ride around on dinosaurs and have battles against the bad guys. I've seen. Oh, I used yeah? to, oh, I used to watch that. Did you always watch, um, did you used to watch um, Mars Rats? No. You oh, mean really? Biker Mice from Mars? Biker Mice from Mars. Yeah, Mars Rats. Mars Rats. <laughs> yes, that oh, jeez. Yeah, Biker, Biker Mice is pretty sick. Yeah, and what yeah. about Shark Dudes? Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so apparently um, they were – so neither can take the, the full blame, but um, they both sort of they both sort of um, did it together. So apparently the demise of dinosaurs started happening a couple of million years before the actual asteroid hit. So it's interesting – my uh, my hugely on a different tangent question to you. Hang on, uh, why? Why? Well, here we why go. Why was the decline? Around 40 million to 50 million years before the mass extinction, dinosaurs started losing species faster than they were gaining new ones, the researchers found. This loss in diversity could have made it harder for dinosaurs to bounce back from the asteroid's catastrophic impact. It doesn't... I actually didn't read why, <laughs> <laughs> but apparently... Thanks for that, nothing. Yeah, if that hadn't happened... There could have still be dinosaurs after the asteroid because it wouldn't have totally extended the population. Just okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. Yeah, but um, geez, you sound like you're really interested <laughs> there. Mate. But uh, Justin, if you uh, if you saw a giant asteroid coming to you, mate, and you had a couple of hours to uh, to finish off on the Earth, uh, what would you do? Would you sing some prints and do a squat? I <laughs> uh, probably. Uh I'd probably jump in bed with my wife, actually. Yep. So. Oh, yeah. good go <laughs> Sounds good. Yep, I'd do the same, except not with your wife. And I, <laughs> that would be uh, that would be ridiculous. Do you know Justin's wife? <laughs> well, we met, we met previously. <laughs> good stuff. That was uh, that was a good round of science. I hope you learnt something there, mate. <laughs> cool, good, Excellent. good stuff. Alrighty, um, so let's go into a little bit more about the grid. So. Um, taking it back to and outside of the coaching side of it uh, and what goes on, why was the grid league actually started? Um, is it because I, I heard that um, Tony Budding got behind the idea and wanted to try and put he put the idea to um, CrossFit, but uh, CrossFit didn't want any bar of it, so he wanted to take it out and do it on his own. And the whole idea was kind of 
giving the functional fitness realm a professional sport where people can be treated like uh, like athletes, like professionals, and um, you can make it a, make it a seasonal televised event. That's my understanding of it. You probably know closer to the truth, or am I pretty bang on? Or what was the reason? How did it all get started? Yeah, I think you're pretty spot on, actually. Um, I know Tony, when he first started this, he, he really felt that a lot of the athletes that were doing CrossFit, obviously, you know, can't make a living. Um, and we do it because we love it and, and it's awesome. But most of the time, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge and it's for the glory and it's, you know, it's cool. But, yeah. but there's really only a few athletes who, who can make a living and, and make money. Um, and what's great about the, the grid league is, you know, we're not at the level yet where that's all you can do, but for the period of time that the athletes play, you know, it's, it, they do pretty well. And I think what Tony wanted to do, and, and the reason I got behind it is because, you know, I, you see what these athletes go through. I mean, it's a full-time job now to, to train, to be at, at the level that they're at. For sure. Um, and, you know, really and truly, yes, it's, it's awesome. And, and, uh, you know, you make regionals, it's amazing. And, but uh, the athletes that don't go to the games, you know, very few of them get any money from sponsors. It's mostly product. Uh, very few of them, you know, they have to bust their asses coaching or, or working odd jobs to be able to find time to train. And I know that when I got into it, I, I really loved the idea of, there being a return for these athletes who have put out so hard. Um, well, even local, know, so even local level, uh, local level athletes uh, training. I mean, I know in Melbourne, I, I know guys. I'm uh, I'm no longer in CrossFit anymore. I'm a I'm a weightlifter. Um, mm-hmm. But I uh, I actually said that Tommy's just ducked out to the bathroom for a second. I normally get uh, get grief every time I say I'm a weightlifter. Apparently, I mention it every show, Justin. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but a lot of the guys that um, that I used to train. A lot of the guys that I used to train with, um, these guys are training five or six hours a day just to be the the podium finisher in a local CrossFit competition, and that's kind of that's like five or six days a week. That's professional um, hours of a professional absolutely. athlete with yep. absolutely no reward. You know, some of these guys right. uh, have zero sponsors. Um, you right. know, they've got to, to to survive. They've got to give them their body twenty times more food than anyone else would normally eat all the supplements yep. in the world. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's uh, it's crazy how it's all worked out. Now, but the the idea with Grid is that it's televised, um you're building a, a seasonal uh package that you can sell to sponsors to give back more money to the athletes and treat it like a professional sport, right? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, without question. And you know, I I think the the one of the cool things that's happening this year is my understanding is the uh, the league has started to sell some of the content internationally. Yep. So it's going to um, it's going to now be televised in, in different countries. I don't know exactly where yet, but you know that's exciting for us. Obviously, that it's becoming more global, and uh, you know I, I think over the next few years, if we do it the right way, that that it really is exciting enough to stand on its own and and be something that obviously can flourish, and you know we can add more teams and more money and and it can be something that uh you know that that is uh, a a long-standing spectator sport and something that's um you know that that's really exciting and popular so let's say in um let's say in 15 years time or 20 years time let's flash forward 
Grid League is uh, is a really well recognised household name of a sport, similar to the way that uh, the UFC has risen, uh, mixed martial arts has risen in, in twenty years. Sure. Um, let's say let's say that all happens and it's um, very big, very strong, very successful. How would it feel for you to look back knowing that you are not only the inaugural coach for a side, but the the first two um, the first two championships were won with your team and under your under your belt. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, I I told the team, you know, before our final, you know, my pregame speech, uh, I spoke to them about creating a legacy. You know, really, when we look back at our lives, you know, what have we left behind? And and the truth of the matter is, we created history. We were the first dynasty of a new sport that was created in our lifetimes, that's awesome. and that's it's really fucking cool. Mm, you know. Sure. Mm. It's, it's, it's a, and, and I think, you know, it was, it was one of those things where everybody knew we made history and, and they can never take it away from us. Like I could lose every game from here until, you know, the rest of the time. But the bottom line is for two years, we were undefeated and we won championships yeah, that's right. and no one will ever be able to take that away from us. And, you know, my wife is funny cause she's, um, she's a, a huge football, American football fan. And uh, she's a, a big Green Bay Packer fan, which is you know one of the storied franchises here in, in, in the United States in the NFL. Mm. And uh, the coach who won the first two championships is a guy by the name of Vince Lombardi. Oh yeah. Who, if you know anything about coaching, obviously he's one of the legendary coaches of all time. But last year, before before the championship, you know, she was like, "Now listen, you know, you won one championship, but you know Lombardi won the first two, right? And if you want to have eventually." So now when in the NFL, if the, if when you win the championship, you get what's called the Vince Lombardi trophy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's cool. Yeah. So you're looking so for the, you're looking, you're looking for the jo- uh, Justin Kotler trophy then? Is that, I, is that a little shout out? Hey, good league. <laughs> uh, just in case you're wondering, yeah. we won the first championships. I want so my name on the trophy. <laughs> Don't forget. Yeah, she said, if you want them to name the trophy after you, you have to win the first two. Yeah. So. You know, we'll see what happens, but I'm I'm hoping that she was prophetic. You know, we'll <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would be nice. So. He, yeah, it would be pretty cool. Lombardi, um, well, oh, he did that that quote. I've just pulled it up here. Perfection is not attainable, but if we chase perfection, we can catch excellence. It's not excellence, whether you get yep. knocked down; it's whether you get up. The harder you work, That's the harder it is to surrender. I love that last one. You get the harder you work, you almost get so addicted to it. Like you were saying before with your music and um, and all that sort of stuff. It's a it's a fantastic quote. Oh, he's, he's got so many, mm. um, you know, I, I love, I, I love all of his quotes. Mm. He's got some of the coolest quotes of all time. Um, and I've used many of them before. Uh, so yeah. What about he, uh, he's, the only place success comes before work is in the dictionary? How good's that? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good, right? What about this I mean, one here? Don't eat the yellow snow. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that you got a nice full belly laugh out of that one. Justin, Tommy uses that gag every show. <laughs> That's awesome. I do. I suck at jokes. <laughs> hey, um, hey, so where do you see in a in an ideal world? I know we just I, I kind of just um, touched on it myself, but where do you see the future of grid? What are the what are the um, what are the things that need to be overcome? What are the um, what are the strengths of grid and that are going to that are going to make it strive and uh, where do you see the sport in the future? Yeah. I mean, obviously listen, we're in the incipient stages. Um, you know, it's, it's whenever you're, you've got something that's just starting out, it, you're always kind of close to the ledge, you know? So, um, but it's, it's been able to sustain, 
over a few years, there have been ups and downs. Uh, we still have some phenomenal athletes and, and are gaining more and more each year. Uh, I think there's a definitive plan now. Um, you know, I think it's, it's, it started with really this bang and, and almost started, in, in my opinion, it might have started even a little too big. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, and Madison and Square Garden for the first, uh, yeah, for the first, exactly. first game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we're now in a situation where, you know, they've reined it in a bit and it's, it's a bit more controlled. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really think that if, if you know, the, because the athletes love it, you know, and that's what's the coolest thing. And I think because the athletes love it, you know, it's got a great chance. And you can see the passion of the athletes and obviously of the coaches and the people who love the sport when you come to watch it. And it's a really fun you know, adrenaline-filled spectator sport. It's really fast. It's very spectator-friendly. It's more spectator-friendly than CrossFit, mm, honestly. Mm, yeah. Uh, yep. And and it, it, you know, I, I really think the fact that it's going international, you've got. W- w- I mean, what are the two biggest components? Weightlifting and gymnastics. And around the world, there are a ton of countries where what are the two biggest sports? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Europe, Europe, one hundred percent. Absolutely. You know, in Asia and, and, you know, you've got, and there's, listen, there's some big populations there, right? So, um, so ultimately speaking, I I think the biggest thing is to get it out there. You know, it's, it's got, we need just more visibility, more presence. And, and ultimately speaking, you know, I, I think if, if they can do that and, and, and really bring it to the people that I think it can be successful. Do you know another thing as well? I think it's great on the other side that grid is, um, is um, providing all this exposure for the actual sports of weightlifting and gymnastics. I mean, I remember I, I saw um, Clock Off um, here in Melbourne, um, and I was speaking to him after, and he was talking about how good CrossFit is at just creating exposure for the beautiful sport of weightlifting now. You know, it's, it's grid and CrossFit and things like that have um, drawn such a modern edge on, on sports that are naturally seen as very traditional, and I think um, that in itself is, is fantastic. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I think it's, I mean, you've seen such an explosion in weightlifting since, uh, you know, with CrossFit. And I, I think obviously, you know, grid will continue that. And um, I, I think I think the future's bright. I, I really do. And, and ultimately, you know, I'll tell you what, it, it, but the bottom line is no matter what happens, it's been a blast. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> like, you know, I've had a ton of, a ton of fun and, and made some long lasting, you know, friendships and relationships awesome. and, yep. It's been it's been awesome, and I'm I'm excited to be a, a part of it again. And you know, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. But I, I really do think, um, you know, I, I think we've got a, a a good shot to to be around for a little while. Beautiful. Alrighty. Well, I think um, I think we'll leave it there, Justin. Um, firstly, before we go though, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, oh, sure, hey, I mean, wait. Actually, I stuffed up. Yeah. Tommy's just brought it to my attention. Uh, that I nearly skipped over nine from nine, or in this case, six from six. So six before we do, six, before sure. we do that, my apologies. Gotcha. I'm a terrible, yeah. terrible uh, host. I'm no worries. You're a weightlifter now. Man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Justin, I, that I dropped, is so I, funny. I, you no, I, dropped, that up. I dropped it in. <laughs> oh, did you bring it in? Dropped it in when you're out there. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I am a weightlifter. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll uh, I'll start us off. Mac normally starts off, but he's uh, he's out today. So my three questions are: first question, your favorite. Uh, destination on the planet, travel destination can be a small town, city, uh, country, can be anything. 
Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to say Amalfi Coast, Italy. Ooh, Ooh. nice one. Why nice. is that? Yeah. Someone else said that the other the other week? Yeah, someone said Italy. So I think like Florence or something. You know? Oh, Florence. Yeah, it was Florence. Where, where, um, uh, what, 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 what is it about the Amalfi Coast that you love? Food and wine and beauty. Ooh, <laughs> just a lovely spectacle. I like two out of three of those things. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like food pretty food good and me. wine and beauty. I, we spent... Uh, I've been there a few times, but we spent part of our honeymoon there, and uh, the city of Ravella is, is, is just maybe the most beautiful place on earth. So, wow. uh, yeah, it, it's awesome. And I, I mean, Italy in general, I love, and Florence is amazing. But I would say, if, if you know, my one favorite is probably Malfi Coast. Sweet. And what about? So it's basically the same question, but it's somewhere that you haven't been. So your dream destination can be absolutely anywhere again. Ah, dream destination. You know, I've never. Been, so I'm going to give you two. Yeah. Uh, I've never been to the Greek islands, which I would love to go to because mm. I've heard actually like Santorini and, and uh, a few of the others are supposed to be as breathtaking as the Amalfi Coast. I, so named, I, uh, to... I named a cocktail at a bar on Eos, the island of Eos at the Fun Pub uh-huh. one year. So uh, if you ever get to the Fun Pub on the island of Eos, look for yeah. the Peninsula Swill <laughs> and think of me, Justin. <laughs> What's, in What's in it? It's Madurian milk. Do you know the oh. Do you know the the Maduri the drink Maduri? Yeah, sure. Yeah, the liqueur. It's green. Yeah, so it's yeah. it freaks people out. It's my favorite drink in the world. It freaks people out even at the thought of it. But if you taste a Madurian milk, you your life will be changed forever. Oh yeah. Is that because yeah. you just get oh, insanely yeah. hammered, or like off one drink, or um, or no, it actually tastes quite nice? No, it's no, it tastes like a splice of ice cream. What sort of milk? Uh, full cream milk. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Especially the full um, cream part. And the second place that you want, you were going to mention. Yeah, actually, Australia. Never been. Uh, Beautiful, man. Yes. I would a yeah. spare bedroom. We'd love to have you down here. <laughs> oh yeah, man. I, I lo- you know, I was, I was, I was close to to coming this time for for regionals. Uh, oh really? With, with, yeah, but it's tough. It's two weeks before our regional here, and I've got, you know, I, I basically when you when you coach a team, man, you're basically, uh, you know, you got six kids, sure. so it's yeah, it's tough. Sure. I can't leave for that long. Sure, you know? for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, next time oh, you're uh, down in Melbourne, love to have you um, go out for a beer, and we'll. Jam on the guitar. That'd be cool. That sounds good. Just you and Justin? Just me and Justin. Dude, you can fuck off. Strange, strangely <laughs> awkward. Yeah, that'd be awkward. <laughs> All right. Pants um, off. Pants off. <laughs> so nice. third question is, if you were on a desert island and you had three things to keep you sane, not alive, you've got food and water and all that stuff, and you can't have people either. So you've got three things to keep you alive. Oh, what, wow. what are your three? Oh, you've got, say you might have people. What, let's, neither here nor there. Yep. What are your three, uh, your three things that you're going to take with you to keep your, uh, keep your mind at ease? Oh, my gosh. Uh, um, that's, a, that's a tough one. Mm, I know. Uh, Very tough one. What, what would I keep with me? Um, I would say uh, I probably need to have a, a book or two, right? Cool. Beautiful. Um, yeah, and then never-ending never ending Kindle. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. A never-ending Kindle would be excellent. Just, actually, just in general, it'd be um, cool. I, <laughs> the market. Yeah, I definitely would not. I would love to leave my cell phone, so I don't want that. Yes, that's right. definitely good man. Say things like I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. It says a lot about you. I, I like that system. Yeah. Fuck oh the phone. my gosh. Um, but uh, but yeah. So never never-ending Kindle sounds good. Um, uh, some type of a, a ball. You know, oh, like, everyone uh, takes a ball. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I need something to occupy my time athletically. So, yep. you know, I, I would probably take a ball of, of some kind. So it wouldn't matter what. You know, it could be a football, soccer ball, basketball. Yeah. Um, 
any of that stuff would be would be fine. And then I I would have to listen to music, so yeah. I would need. Never-ending iPod. Uh, you, know, you said never, never any Kittle, never-ending iPod. <laughs> okay. There you go. So Sweet. the ball would be good, just kick to kick with a tray. <laughs> yeah, so there's just, there's three. Cool. There we go. We're good. I like it. Cool. All righty. Um, biggest role model growing up? Uh, my mother. Oh, nice one. Any any particular reason? Uh, my mom, yeah, just, just uh, I don't know, my mama's boy, I guess, uh, but just... Uh, one of my heroes and, and, you know, somebody who, uh, incredibly intelligent, strong woman who, um, I, I definitely, you know, got my singing talent from and, and, uh, my, my intensity, my temper. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, just, you know, someone who, uh, I look up to and always have my entire life. And, and, uh, so, you know, she definitely was, was probably the, the person that affected me the most growing up. Cool, cool. That's um, that's a great answer. Um, best thing to do when you have some downtime? It sounds like you're uh, an incredibly busy man, but when you've got uh, maybe half an hour, forty five minutes to yourself, um, what do you like to, what do you like to do? Uh, when I have honestly, my my wife and I are big foodies. Cool. So when we have downtime, man, we we love to go out and 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 experience a you know, great meals and, and really good wine. And as I've gotten older, I think I, I just learned to appreciate that stuff a little bit more. Sure, and, yep. you know, really it, it, it's, um, and especially now being a, a coach and, and the, the athletic side of things have taken a back seat. I can, you know, where I don't look at food as, as just fuel. I actually look at food as enjoyment. Yeah. So, yep. um, so definitely, you know, that's one of our biggest hobbies is, is, uh, you know, is, is eating. Mm, oh, it's so good. It's very human to eat. I, I imagine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Agreed. It's uh, geez. That must be that must be great. Looking at food as food as um an enjoyment factor thing now, as a, as opposed to just fuel and you know and ah. having that intensity oh. with food. So good. Mm, mm. And uh, final final question here, mate. I'm actually really interested to see uh, what your uh, what your answer is. If there were three people dead or alive, you could invite to dinner. Who would they be, and why? Apart from your family, just. Just let's just pretend that your family's already there. Interesting. Mm. Three people dead or alive. Uh I I think that uh well I would say, you know, some of my 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 heroes, obviously, um, but I'm only gonna take one from each realm, I guess. Cool. Uh, so I'll, I'll take uh, he he's actually still alive and it's it's my favorite musician of all time. And I, I you know, it's a bit cliche, I guess, because he's probably like a, a million people's favorite musician, yeah. but yeah, Stevie Wonder would uh, yep. be one person for sure. Uh, definitely my biggest influence as a as a musician cool. and as an artist. Um, I I think my second one. I, this is terrible. It's gonna be another. It's gonna be another sports figure. But um, but I would say you know Muhammad Ali when he was in his prime. Mm. Um, you don't you know, wanna, so, so you don't really want to spend the time with him with him now. <laughs> No, they're kind of tough now. And yeah. actually, he's the only guy I've ever been starstruck meeting. Um, when did you meet him? I, I met him uh, 2002. I went to a benefit. Uh, I was it was a music you know it was a music thing, and and he was the guest, the honored guest, and uh, I got to go up and, and shake his hand. And I, I swear, it's the only time in my whole life that I have ever been like giddy. Yeah. I mean, just you know. Like a like a school girl, you know, just like yeah. really, you know. Just, I mean, I was, I it was crazy because I didn't expect to feel that way, but it was 
it was interesting. You know, you really, at that point, it, he, he's a living legend and he's somebody that, uh, you know, I guess you could consider him as, as possibly the most visible athlete and maybe the greatest of all time. You it's know? just such a, a name, isn't it? Muhammad Ali, like, you know, oh being introduced to something like that would have been absolutely incredible. I wonder, oh, uh, I wonder if he had his time again, Yep. considering his current state, whether he would... Mm. Whether he would, um, whether if it was all worth it, do you mean? Yeah, whether whether the juice was worth the squeeze. Do we know that it was it uh, Parkinson's disease related to? I'm to not his sure. Field? I'm not sure. I've heard it spoken about numerous times, so I'm yeah. assuming there's some, there's, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. But mm. I can't imagine being yeah. hit in the head would be great for you long term. But well, and uh, that's the thing, you know. But uh, but what I love about Muhammad Ali, and I think what would be so interesting is, aside from obviously the, the sports aspect, is he was uh, he was one of those figures that it was so visible and he was it was um you know just one of those dramatic figures at that time when you know you had race relations yeah. that were so yeah, it was, politi- it was a political yeah. figure it was huge yeah, for equality so, you know so so the fact that you you know that you would have somebody that was so polarizing you know like yeah, yeah at the table um, you know, it would be would be pretty insane. There's so um, many, so many, so many different questions you would ask him. Oh, I mean, it would be you know, it'd be outrageous. Yeah. What would um, be? What would be for me? I would ask how, what what the decision process was uh, was like when he refused to enroll in the in the in the army. Mm. Remember the famous quote: yep. "No Viet Cong ever called me nigger." Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. I mean, that's yeah. a huge that's a huge stand. Yeah, that's a massive thing to yeah. say, isn't it? To to not yeah. be. I mean, that's a, it's a, such a patriotic thing to fight for your country. And he, he took sort of a more racial equality side to it. And I mean, that, that's just... No, I think it was just more about not needing to not. go to war and, and kill people. Yeah. During it was that? <laughs> he used the word, I think he used the word nigger just as in no one's ever... No one... They've never done anything to him, so he doesn't to him, kill But they him. have done stuff to yeah. his country. Yeah, but I think, it's, I think he was just more saying there's no need for war. Yeah, what he's saying. I don't think it had any racial. Well, I mean, this is obviously a great question that we need to ask him. Yeah, <laughs> let's get him to the All dinner right. table. Yeah, let's get him did... to the let's get him to the dinner table. Oh, we should. Do you have uh, Do you have one more, Justin? Yeah, I do. Can I, is it? Can I invite my great grandfather? Yeah, he's dead. Absolutely. For yeah. Sure. Okay. How is he? So, so it's an interesting story. My great grandfather um, is the guy by the name of Israel Goldberg, and Israel Goldberg. Uh, I'm Jewish. That's a very and, very uh, Jewish. Yeah, name. It is, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Jewish name, right? Um, so Israel Goldberg was, uh, I guess from what I know, and I didn't know him, but he was like almost like the Al Capone of Savannah, Georgia in, in like the, you know, early, the early 20th century in the United States. He was a bootlegger. Really? uh, Yeah. Who was uh, arrested for, um, you know, obviously for bootlegging, um, and, uh, and was in prison. And, but, you know, my father tells me stories about him, you know, his, his grandfather. And I mean, he had an incredible relationship with him, mm. but I, I think that it would have been really cool to, to, to ask him, you know, a ton of questions about that time and, and just, uh, you know, kind of his experiences in, you know, I guess being a gangster yeah. and the whole nine. I mean, it's just so, oh, you know, it's so interesting always, for us to I've always wanted to be a gangster. Well, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so like, you know, we have all these, these, uh, these movies that we get to watch, but who knows, you know, what it was really like. And, you know, I'd love to, to hear it from the horse's mouth. Yeah, so that man. would be, 
I've yep. got yep. no bitches and hoes in my life. No, I've got none. <laughs> <laughs> something that I'll I'll never live down. Yeah. Yeah, all right, so so let's um let's go to where I took us to before. Um, and do you have anything that you want to plug, Justin? Uh sure. I mean, um, if anybody wants to obviously reach out or or contact me or follow kind of what what I'm doing. Um, my Instagram handles my name, Justin Kotler, Facebook, Justin Kotler. Uh, but they can also go and if they want to check out what's going on with grid, um, you know, they can check out DC brawlers on Instagram. They can check out the grid league on, uh, Instagram, or if they want to know, and they're interested obviously in, in what we're doing CrossFit wise, uh, CrossFit CF as in CrossFit mm-hmm. dynamics yep. with an X.com. Um, or they can, Go to Team Dynamics 2016, which is our team Instagram uh, handle, and uh, and check out all the stuff. We have some incredibly visible CrossFit athletes like Andrea Ager and uh, wow. Becca Day, Christian Harris. They're all on my team, so uh, it's pretty exciting uh, as we get geared up for for regionals in the games. Um, but a- any of those people can come and and you know and check that out or ask questions. I'm I'm a pretty open dude, so. I love to help people, and, and if they have questions about training or, or grid or anything, CrossFit, um, I'd be happy to, to answer them. Excellent. Alrighty. Perfect. Um, well, I was going to ask where can they find you, but you've pretty much given out all your um, all your social media handles and so forth there. So that's pretty much it from us, Justin. Awesome. Um, thanks a lot for coming on the show, man, and good luck with the upcoming grid season and yeah. with your CrossFit Games team. Thanks, guys. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Cool. cool. Thank you. Thank you, mate. All right, fellas. Take Bye. care. All right, gang. Hope you enjoyed that one. That was uh, Justin Kotler. Hope you guys really enjoyed him singing as well. That was a really good uh, really good part. How good is his voice out of 10? Uh, it's a 7. Yeah, no, no. That's, yeah, well, I think it's more than a 7, um, Steve. But uh, that's all right, mate. Um, yeah. So, guys, I uh, hope you really enjoyed that one. Um, please stay tuned to... All the stuff we do on our social media because we are banging you guys out with tons and tons of uh, new guests and things on the radio. Please, uh, please um, stay updated with all the crap we're up to. Uh, just want to make a final quick mention to our uh, to our sponsors, Locksam Solutions, guys. Thanks again for supporting the show. Locksam Solutions, jump on to www.locksamsolutions.com.au. I did forget to mention, guys, at the start of the show that it is AU at the end of locksamsolutions.com. So please make sure you don't go onto some bizarre porn website or anything. Let's say it's www.com.au there. Also, no days off subs, guys. ndosubs.com. Uh, how about you drop ADVF radio for 10% off and get yourself some re- really cool um, discounted shit there. As I said before, McGregor loves it. Um, so jump on there, guys. Adventure Fit Travel, our mother company. We're doing some cool stuff. We just hit Bali. People absolutely froth Bali. We had uh, July. So in July, late July, mid-July, um, we've got a USA trip coming up for um, for the CrossFit Games partly. So jump on board that, guys. Uh, if all goes to plan, myself and Bill will be there. So um, you, can meet, uh, you can meet two absolute stars of the show. Probably the best. Uh, no, I was, was going to say probably the best looking, but... Uh, I'm probably the worst looking. Um, Bill's middle. Mac is the best, but uh, undecided as to whether he's going to be on the show yet or taking a role as a model for Abercrombie and Finch in Europe. So I'm not sure how uh, how that's going to pan out for uh, McGregor, but we'll see. 
Uh, thank you, guys. Um, jump on to all those, all those things I just mentioned and stay tuned for next week. Bye-bye.